This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you who've tuned in to watch today, especially if you're watching today for the very first time. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in. And we appreciate those who watch every time we're on the air. Now today we have a subject that I hope that you'll stay tuned to hear. Make it as sure as you can. I hope that you'll stay tuned. Now on Getting to Know Your Bible, we offer a free Bible correspondence course. Yes, I said it's free. It's free. No cost to you whatsoever. We want to make it available to you so that you can get to know your Bible. You can study this course, help you in your understanding of the Word of God. In order that you might know more about the course, that you might know how to receive it, let's take a pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I'm reading now from Matthew chapter 27, beginning in verse 62. Now the next day that followed the day of the preparation, the chief priests and Pharisees came to gather unto Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember that the deceiver said, While he was yet alive, after three days I will rise again. Command, therefore, that the sepulchre be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and, and steal him away, and say unto the people, He is risen from the dead. So the last error shall be worse than the first. Pilate said unto them, you have a watch, go your way, make it as sure as you can. So they went and made the sepulcher sure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. I want to call your attention to the phrase found in verse 65, make it as sure as you can. Of course, that statement was made in reference to the tomb of our Lord. Uh, the, the soldiers stationed there were commanded to guard the tomb and to make it as sure as you can. I believe the same thing can be said with reference to one's salvation. Make it as sure as you can. Now, God wants us to be happy. It is God's desire that we be happy. And we can have the happiness that comes with the assurance of our salvation. But if you would ask some people about their salvation and ask them the question, for example, are you saved? Some might respond by saying, I don't really know. I had one man to tell me one day that 
He, he would just have to wait till they took him out to the cemetery and buried him before he'd really know. I had another man with tears in his eyes say, Brother Lambert, I, I just wish I could understand how you could know, but I, I just don't know. I'm just not sure. And this man confessed to me that he was even a Sunday school teacher. Here he was teaching a Sunday school class, and he couldn't answer the question, are you saved? Are you sure? Hey, have you ever wondered why people are not sure about their salvation? I think maybe one reason some are not sure, they're not certain they're saved is because they may have some unrealistic expectation in the living of the Christian life. If you've got it made up in your mind that you must live above sin, never ever sinning again, well then there's no wonder in your mind that you've got doubts about your salvation. Because we all have feet made out of clay. And without the blood of Jesus Christ, we could not be saved. As Christians, we are to walk in the light, as He is in the light. 1 John 1, verse 7. And then that, that passage teaches that the blood of Christ continually, constantly cleanses us of our sins. But verse 8 says that if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And so we are going to, to still have weaknesses as Christians. But now as a Christian, I have access to the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ in the living of the Christian life. But if you have made up in your mind that you've got to live perfect, that you've got to live it on your own, without any help from God, without any help from Jesus, without the blood, there's no wonder you have doubts in your mind. I think another reason people may have doubts in their mind about their salvation is because they, they have a lingering love for the world. They, they just never gave up their worldly practices. Oh, they may go to church every Sunday. They, they may sing to the top of their lungs in the service, and they may listen. They might even lead in prayer occasionally. But they still did not give up some worldly practices. You know, the Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. And Jesus said, no man can serve two masters. It was Will Rogers who said that that was the verse in the Bible that taught that a man ought not to have two wives. Well, there's another verse to take care of that. This is talking about having two masters. Jesus said, you'll hold a one, despise of the other, and, and so you cannot serve God and you can't serve mammon at the same time and you can't serve God and you can't serve the world at the same time. And you know, we know that. We understand that, don't we? And, and many people have tried to blend the kingdom of the Lord and the kingdom of the devil together and they kind of overlap in the middle a little bit and they live in what one man described as the twilight zone. And if you're trying to have the best of both worlds, you want, to have the, you want to have all the blessings that come from being in the Lord's kingdom, and yet you still want to dabble over here in the kingdom of the devil, there is no wonder that you may have doubts in your mind about whether you're saved or not. You see, you have a divided allegiance. And then perhaps one reason that some 
have doubts in their mind about their salvation is because they have neglected their salvation. They've been negligent. The question is asked in Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 3, how shall we escape? How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? And that, that question was asked not to an alien sinner, but that question was posed to those that had already become Christians. And there are members of the church of Christ who have doubts in their minds about their salvation, no doubt, because they have been negligent, because they have not been faithful to Christ. I remember visiting a person one time. They were in the hospital, and I visited this lady. And she confided to me that she was scared. And I asked her why was she afraid, and she said she was afraid that if she were to die, she would go to hell. I said, are you aware that a Christian ought not to live in that kind of fear? And so I read 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7 to her. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ his Son cleanseth us from all sin. And that word cleanseth mean a, means a continual process of cleansing. It just keeps on cleansing us if we walk in the light. Now, I thought I knew the problem that she wasn't walking in the light. So when she went home, I went to visit her along with one of the elders of the church and, and she asked me, Brother Lambert, do you think I'm a backslider? A sweet person, just as sweet as you can be. And I said, well, let's see, when was the last time you worshiped God? She said, I don't know. Well, when is the last time that you observed the Lord's Supper? I don't know. When is the last time you gave the Lord some of your money that you earned? I, I don't know. Well, I said, if you're not a backslider, well, what, what we have to do to become one? She said, well, I guess I am one. And, and I read 1 John 1, 7 to her again. I said, what has happened? is you've gotten out of the light. You need to get back into the light. And 1 John 1 and 9 tells us how to do that. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you've been negligent as a child of God, no wonder that you have doubts in your mind. Somebody says, now, Brother Lambert, I'm just not sure that, that you can be certain that you're saved. Well, let me ask you, can you be sure about anything? Is there anything about which you can be sure? In Acts, the second chapter, in verse 36, the apostle Peter said, Let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. In Romans, the second chapter, the apostle Paul wrote and said, For we are sure that the judgment of God shall be according to truth. Now, friends, if we can be sure Jesus is the Christ, and if we can be sure that the judgment is going to be according to truth, why, why can't we be sure we're saved? Well, somebody says, I, I just don't know about this, Brother Lambert. I, I just, I, I just I'm, not, I'm not sure about all of this. 
Friends, have you ever thought about what you forfeit when you're not sure about your salvation? If you don't know whether you're saved or not right now, you, you have given up your peace of mind. God wants you to have peace of mind. In Isaiah chapter 26 and verse 3, the Bible says, Thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. You see, God wants you to have perfect peace. And if you have perfect peace, you, you can't even improve on that, can you? In Philippians chapter 4 and 7, Paul talked about the peace, the peace that passes all understanding. You see, you give that up if you're not sure about your salvation. Many years ago, I was preaching in a, in a gospel meeting in a certain town, and I was staying in the home of the preacher. They put me in a guest room, and in the guest room, there was a bookshelf, and there were some of the preacher's books in the room, and I started looking through them, and I found one book that, that uh, was of interest to me, and it was a book about psychological disorders. So I decided I'd read through the book and find out where my disorder was. You know, I was amazed to find out that one of the reasons that people have psychological and emotional difficulties, now not the only reason, but one of the reasons, is the lack of assurance of salvation. That they just don't have the peace of mind that they ought to have. Another thing that you forfeit when you're not sure about your salvation is a zeal for the work of the church. Now, Titus 2.14 says we're to be zealous of good works. But how can you be zealous for the work of the church and how can you be a ball of fire in the kingdom of God if you're not even sure that you're saved? And I think another result of not knowing that you're saved is that you have a morbid fear of death. And many people do. And the reason many people have a morbid fear of death is because they're not sure they're right with God and they don't want to meet God as they are. I have an idea many of us are like the one man who said that he had no fear of death. But he said, oh, the crossing, the crossing. And another result of not knowing that you're saved is that you're going to have a great difficulty in recommending Jesus to somebody else. You know, the psalmist said in the 66th Psalm, come and hear all ye that fear the Lord, and I will declare what he hath done for my soul. Now, if you're not sure that he's done anything for your soul, you don't have anything to declare. I heard about a preacher went to a certain town, and he was going to be preaching that night. He needed to mail a letter. He saw a young man walking down the street, down the sidewalk, and he stopped and asked the young man if he could tell him how to get to the post office so he could mail the letter. He said, I tell you what, young man, you tell me how to get to the post office, and then... I, you come hear me preach tonight, I'll tell you how to get to heaven. Well, he said, Mister, if you don't know how to get to the post office, why should I trust you in telling me how to get to heaven? You, you see, if I don't know whether I'm saved or not, why should somebody listen to me in, in trying to tell them what they needed to do to be right with God? So I forfeit lots of things if I'm not sure. Somebody says, Billy, I'm just not sure you can be sure about that. Well, let me ask you, are you sure about that? 
Can we be sure about anything? And what does the Bible say? That's the real issue. What does the Bible say? I want you to listen now to the testimony of the Apostle Paul. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 1. For we know that if this earthly house of our tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Does it sound to you like Paul had doubts in his mind about his salvation? Listen to him in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12. For I know in whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Paul had no doubt about his eternal destiny. L listen to the Apostle Peter in, in uh, his writing. He said, Wherefore the rather brethren, giving all diligence to make your calling and election sure, make your calling and election sure. And now if you will, take your Bible and turn to the book of 1 John, chapter 2. And let me read to you verse number 3. 1 John, chapter 2. And verse number three, Hereby we do know that we know him. I want you to think about that. John said we know, we know him. That, that's not doubting, is it? That, that's not questionable, is it? When John said this is what we know, we know, we know him. And years ago, I was up on a Sunday morning. The telephone rang. I was already addressed to go to the church building. And there was a young woman on the line, and she said, Is this Billy Lambert? I said, Yes, it is. And she said, Well, I just flew into town. I thought I'd give you a call. We met up in Detroit. Do you remember? And I said, No, I don't. I hadn't been to Detroit to preach at that time. I have since then. And she says, Well, said, uh, What are you doing up so early? I said, well, among many things, I'm, I'm getting ready to go to, to church. And she said, church? I said, yes. She said, what in the world are you going to church for? I said, well, among the many things I'm planning to do today, I'm going to preach. And she screeched out the word preach in my ear. She said, preach? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, I do have the wrong number, don't I? I said, yes, ma'am, you have the wrong number. And may I assure you, she had the wrong number. She said, well, let me ask you a question. Do you know God? I said, yes, ma'am, I know God. Well, she said, how do you know you know God? And that's when I was thankful the Holy Spirit put 1 John chapter 2 and verse 3 in the Bible. I said, I know, I know him because to the best of my ability, I'm trying to do his will. You see, this verse says we know we know him if we keep his commandments. And then she said, I wish I could know him. She said, I, I wish I could love the Lord like a lot of people do.
But she said, I love pretty clothes and fast living. Now, ladies, there's not anything wrong with the pretty clothes. But if you're going to know Christ, the fast living has to go. Do you know him? Somebody says, well, how can I know that I know the Lord? How, how can I be sure? Well, you can't be sure unless you study the Bible. That's why 2 Timothy 2.15 reads, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You're going to have to study the Bible in order that you might find out what you need to do. And you can't be sure you're saved unless you believe what you read in the Bible. You see, faith comes by hearing, and hearing comes by the Word of God. The Bible is a source of our faith. And to be sure we're saved, we must become believers in God and believers in Jesus. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is and that he is a rewarder of all of them that diligently seek him. There's no way I can ever be sure I'm saved unless I first of all have a faith in God. But, but I must believe in his Son. Jesus said, Ye shall die in your sins, for if you believe not that I am he, ye shall die in your sins. John 8, 24. And so we have to believe in Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But to be sure that I am saved, not only must I study the Bible and, and become a believer in Jesus and God. As a believer, I must be willing to repent of my sins because my sin is against God and I must give it up. That's why the Bible says, repent and be converted, Acts 3.19. That's why the Bible says, repent and be baptized, Acts 2 and verse 38. That's why the Bible says, repent or perish, Luke 13 verse 3 as well as verse 5. And so to be sure we're saved, not only must we believe, but we must be willing to repent of our sins. And to be sure that we're saved, we must be willing to confess our faith in Jesus as God's Son. In Matthew, the 10th chapter, verses 32 and 33, our Lord said, Whosoever shall confess me before men, him will I confess before my Father, which is in heaven. But in order to be saved, you must be scripturally baptized. Now, scriptural baptism is a burial in water. It's not a sprinkling or a pouring, but it is an immersion. It is a burial. For example, in Colossians, the second chapter and verse 12, the Bible says, buried with him, in baptism, wherein also you're risen with him through the faith of the operation of God. 
So we're buried with Christ in baptism. But not only must we be baptized or buried in water, it must be for the right reason or the right purpose. And we're baptized, immersed in water, not because we are already saved, but in order to be saved. Well, listen to 1 Peter 3 and verse 21. The like figure, whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So to be sure I'm saved, I must be scripturally baptized. Well, someone says, but why are you being baptized? That it, I might be put into the Lord Jesus Christ. In Galatians 3.27, for the Bible says, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ, did put on Christ. So, to be sure I'm saved, I must study the Bible, I must believe, I must repent, I must confess faith in Christ, I must be scripturally baptized. But to be sure that I'm saved, I must live a faithful, dedicated Christian life. It's not enough for a person just to be baptized. That's just the beginning of their journey. There is a life to live, and it must be a life of total commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. In Matthew 6 and 33, Jesus said, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. You see, that means I need to start putting first things first in my life. Would you become a Christian today? Are you saved? Are you sure? If there's a doubt in your mind, why not obey the gospel? Have some servant of God to baptize you into Christ today. Call us. We'll make arrangements for someone to baptize you for the remission of your sins. Let me give you an invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. We've had many people to visit the Church of Christ after having listened to Know Your Bible for some time. And once they get there, they request to be baptized for the remission of their sins. They live a faithful Christian life, faithful members of the church. And we'd encourage you to do that. And we want you to think on these things. This is a serious matter, the matter of our salvation. I want to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, May the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you is my prayer. Getting to know your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, 
Somerdale, Alabama, 36580 or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles.